when I see you, you make me lose all control, like a fire burning deep in my soul, yeah, and when I feel you, it feels like I'm in heaven, it goes on forever like a diamond of gold, and when I hear you calling, it's like heaven, I wait there forever till I'm out of the cold, yeah, and when I hear you calling, I'm in heaven, we'll be there together, no, I won't be alone. Well, when I see you, you make me lose all control, like a fire burning deep in my soul, yeah. And when I feel you, it feels like I'm in heaven, it goes on forever like a diamond of gold. And when I hear you calling, it's like heaven, I wait there forever till I'm out of the cold, yeah. And when I hear you calling, I'm in heaven, we'll be there together, no, I won't be alone. You got me of the Stinky Cast. We come to you on the heels of a very spooky week this week, an extremely scary and low scoring week on the field for practically the entire league. It led to some very frighteningly low scores here in Halloween week. We've got one host that is under the weather currently, uh, but Brent Bush is soldiering his way through uh, to bring the stinky gas to you this week. We have a lot going on in this episode. We're going to, of course, review all of the games that were this past week, preview all of the ones upcoming. Uh, Brent, welcome in. And also, I don't really know how or when we're going to talk about it, but we do have a trade that is generating a lot of buzz right now in and around Stinky League. Yeah, like you said, I think spooky would be probably the best word to describe this week from injuries like to to Derrick Henry, Jameis Winston, and the bizarre Calvin Ridley mental health situation to the fact that the four winning QBs this week were Geno Smith, Trevor Simeon, Mike White, and Cooper Rush. If all of that wasn't spooky enough, we'll get into all of the other stuff that went into this week. And like you said, Jay, I am struggling here. I'm going to try and mute myself if I run into any sneeze attacks, but I'm soldiering through for you guys this week, and I'm going to do my best here. But without further ado, we do have the section that we always hit first, and that would be Frankie's Feedback Corner. And starting it off, starting off Frankie's feedback corner is none other than Barco's daughter, Frankie. This was sent out in the WhatsApp chain, but I understand that not everyone is caught up there. So if you are a listener here, but not on the WhatsApp chain, you at least need to check out that video of his daughter, which I thought was just one of the, the greatest video installments of the year so far. 
Yeah, that was a pretty damn good video, obviously, um, targeting. I, you know, I guess, I don't know. I would like to know this. Uh, was that costume just like a generic toilet costume? And then and then Barco decided to capitalize on the nature of the costume to uh, mock Tucci and Booty? Or was that costume like specifically designed with Stinky in mind to mock Tucci and Booty? Like that, I, I'm kind of curious a, as to what the answer is to that. I mean, I guess if it was just a, a costume that was designed yeah, in and of its own self, like what kid wants to dress up like a toilet? Like, <laughs> well, that that's I think there's a third option here. Is you know, was it designed for? Was it just random and he threw that in there, or was it inspired maybe by the Stinky League and and the toilet bowl? Sure, that you're you're right. That is a third. So maybe you know, if Barco catches up on the listen here, he can let us know uh, via the WhatsApp chain. Please do. I would I would like to know what 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 went behind that. But uh, in the meantime, all the high fives to a great job by Frankie, and you know, welcome to the feedback corner. I, this this might be the what like the third second or second uh, one of Stinky Children to make an appearance on the cast this year. So pretty impressive job. Um, all right, but you know, the big message this week is coming in hot right here atop the billboard charts. Hello, Booby. I was wondering after all these weeks you finally liked to me to go over the spreadsheet. They say that you're commissioner but you haven't done much commissioning. Hello, can you hear me? I'm in Philly dreaming about the executive meeting and show and tell. It was so mean. I've forgotten how it felt before the truly felt at our feet. There's such a difference between us and the thousand points. Hello from the other side. I must attack you a thousand times to tell you I'm sorry for breaking If if you don't know the original song, that is by Adele. Hello, I suggest you go check it out. It's it's clearly the inferior version to this one by Steve Durazio. And you know, I saw she has an album coming out. He she might want to reach out to uh, to Steve Durazio and see if maybe a collaboration is is in the cards after that. Be a beautiful rendition of her song. <laughs> 
What a breathtaking performance by Steve Drazio. I mean, great song. It's a stinky original. It's the first of the entire year. Uh, you know, as Stinky knows, we had three original songs last year. Uh, Pop Goes the Weasel, uh, I'm Bringing Weasel Back, and Weasel Weasel Baby were the three original songs last year. Steve, <laughs> you know, Steve checks and he fires it off here, first one of the year, and it's a damn good one. And I mean, he crushed those high notes. I, I, I know I, for one, am impressed that, that his uh, singing range goes so high, Brent. Crushed the high notes and definitely crushed the commish in the lyric section there. Uh, you know, there is there's a lot of references in those lyrics that I don't think I could address any better than he did right there in that song. So maybe there's a uh, maybe there's a uh, a reply song in the works uh, to that. Who once once this gets out into the public, who knows? I you know, I'm I'm very I, I know all of Stinky Nation will be waiting with bated breath to see what's next. Uh, from Steve Drazio. Uh, and, you know, and this is not Steve's first song. He checked in originally with, uh, I believe, the Eminem song. Uh, what, what something, Brent, what was, what's the name of that that one about the real Mike Booty, Please Stand Up? Yes, I believe that was it. Okay. So kudos, Steve. Thanks for checking in. Uh, love to hear the original song. Who wants to be next? Who wants to follow up? Does anybody else want to want to maybe enter in a candidate for best original score this year at the Stinkies. Yeah, we need to, we need to fill that category up. Thank you for Steve for, you know, kind of like slapping some cold water in everyone's face and reminding them that this is a category and here's the first entry and he's setting the bar. So come back at us with a, a stinky original song. If you want to get in that category, would love to see it. All right. So like we said, this was an incredibly strange eerie freaky spooky week in stinky fantasy football and on the field in the nfl and we're gonna have to recap it all here so jay do you have anything to say before we jump right into the recaps i don't think so brent was what i mean is there anything you want me to say (laughs) no Uh, oh do you mean should we talk about the trade first i mean if you want to i mean literally the trade just happened like we're literally filming or recording this it's like 6.07 p.m. on Tuesday. So, you know, the the email confirmation went out, I don't know, at like 4 o'clock or something like that. So all of the discussion, all of the conversation, the arguments and stuff have been ongoing for the last basically like two hours leading right into us. Really, so, really, really setting us back with our preparation here. Uh, we're doing our best uh, and we're going to try and process all of the all of the reactions as best we can. But without, you know, belaboring the point too much, I feel like, Jay, would you be in agreement there? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I just didn't know if you wanted me to, if you wanted to ask me any questions or what. Like, I, I mean, it's, it's totally up to you. I mean, we could just go right into the, right into the, the reviews of these games or, you know, we, we could have a, a quick chat about the trade. It's totally 100% your call. So do, I mean... Boy, this is this is this is a tough topic to broach right here. With that, it's it's such a raw, raw thing that's going on. We have we have Booby throwing a tantrum right now. An email. My name's getting thrown out there. A lot of other people chiming in on the WhatsApp. Just a, just a lot of a lot of things going in multiple directions right now. Really a lot for us to take in. So let's let's just assume for now it is 6:08. I haven't seen anyone challenge the trade officially. So at the moment, let's just move forward, assuming the trade is going through. 
and no one has challenged it officially. I'm checking my phone during this. I'll let you know if any live challenges come into the call. And we'll just assume that congrats on making the trade, I guess. Um, you know, you get the top tight end in Stinky. He has been there for the entire year. And you unloaded a couple, you know, I guess, okay running backs and got and uh, unloaded some fab with it, which I guess Booty needed. So it's like a, a few nickels for a quarter. So, you know, you're entering the, the Travis Kelsey, obviously, into your lineup there with your starting lineup. You accomplished, I guess, what you wanted to with, uh, you know, trimming the fat off your bench, per se, to make your decisions easier while strengthening your lineup. And I get, and Booty, you know, loses the best tight end in football and gets a couple of running backs to plug in weekly. Yeah, I mean, it. look, Kelsey, he's he's still the top tight end, obviously. I think of him as such in fantasy football. I mean, looking at it, like, he's – it is what it is. I want him on my team just like I would want Darren Waller on my team because I still believe in those players. Where they're at right now, like, yeah, Kelsey's number one. He's averaging 17 points per game. And most of those 17-point-per-game average comes from his first three weeks, which was 26, 30, and 20. He hasn't eclipsed 17 since that third week. And, I mean, he just had a four-point game. Look, Arrow pointed down on Kansas City. I'm going to take a risk that he's going to be like old Travis Kelsey of last year, the same risk I was willing to take on, you know, Darren Waller, which, look, Darren Waller, say what you will about Noah Fant, my situation. Noah Fant right now is higher than Darren Waller in, in sneaky fantasy. I mean, yes, Darren Waller missed a game, obviously, and Noah Fant has it. I mean, the points per game there was like no fans averaging 11 points per game and Waller's averaging 14. That's like a marginal upgrade. Like when you look at when you look at it, you know, player for player, point for point, we're getting enamored by by names and so forth. And I'm enamored by people and what they've done in the past. Like to me, Waller's tight end 11 or 12. Like he's still tight end two in my mind just because of what his upside was. So like those are the two guys that I really wanted to target. I had three guys, Brent, guys, stinkily. I have three guys that I started for like the first six or seven weeks of this, li- of this season. Gaskin, Edmonds, and Corey Davis. I pronounced that all three of those guys who had been stars this whole year for me, when I've been top three-ish in points all year, that I was ready to offload all three of those players for like a tight end or a really elite wide receiver. Like nobody really wanted to take, take a bite. PRB engaged me after he mentioned some of the guys that I was available and willing to trade. And he mentioned two guys that weren't, I was not willing to trade. So I pivoted. I went and I checked in on Diggs and Kelsey's availability today, today. Uh, and like, it just, it just went from there. Like the, the discussion just kind of like blossomed. Like it's not, I'm not sure what people are looking for or what like magical things people are thinking are, are happening. Like, do you believe, do, do you and Steve and, and Spross and other people that, that have spoken out on this, like you think what? I, I called Booty and was like, hey, your season isn't going well. Why don't you just give me away a good player? So, and then you tank your season and I, it'll just improve me. Is that, is that really what you guys think happened? Well, I think that the concern is that the bottom team in the league after losing uh, this week and, and pretty much, you know, making it a pretty like a almost like an impossibility would you would you agree that it is like an impossibility for booty to make the playoffs at this point brent on my mother's life all right i take that shit seriously on cynthia's life wait cynthia is your mom name no on on my mom janet and on my say cynthia 
on their lives. On if I'm if I'm lying about this statement, then let LeBron win the next five consecutive championships. The last thing Booty and I spoke about on the phone when we when we confirmed this deal was that he's like, "Am I crazy?" Or I, like, I can win five straight and make the playoffs, right? Like, if I win five, if I go five and zero, oh, do you think I could sneak in? I swear on the lives of my mom and my fiance, and on LeBron's next five chips. If I'm lying, I swear to God, this guy was talking about going five and zero oh and making the playoffs. One hundred percent unequivocal fact that 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 is what we were discussing. So. Like, it doesn't matter what, what I think the mathematical odds are. This cat is still trying to improve his team, and he thinks that this trade did that. All right. So, I mean, I can accept that, but what was your response when he said that? When he said, am I crazy for thinking that can happen? That's what I want to know. I said if he wins five straight and gets to seven and six by week 13, that he would likely be in that point, in that point sprint in week 14. Okay. Do I think that's going to happen, Brent? I mean, I do not think that's going to happen. Okay. Okay. Um, well, that was my that was my original question. But like, ultimately, I look. We were both like booty, and he just he is texting me right now about the outrage of the trade, and he's like, "Am I crazy? Like, I think I got the better end of this trade. Like, but or what are they mad about? That because he's not reading it. He's like, are they mad that you bolstered yourself too much? Like, I, like he thinks he made a good deal. Like, I I love my deal. Like that. I mean, it that that's what it is. Like. It's not like he just gave away a player and sabotaged the rest of his season. I mean, he's never won a toilet bowl. He's, his goal is not to win the toilet bowl this year. I can assure everyone of that. Okay. Uh, we, can, we can probably wrap this up. I think the main concern is that it was more collusion that, than, di- than diagnosing the past points scored of the players involved in the trade because I honestly don't really care about the past point score because you're trading for what what a player is going to do, not what a player has a- accumulated in the past. So it's more it's I don't just add up the numbers and see if that works. It's it's value is more than that. So I, I'm not getting into the values of the players. I'm more concerned about the the optics of the trade and how it looked for a team that essentially got the door shut on his season by pretty much everyone's account except for him and going and trading that top player to the number one player, the number one team in the league by record and potentially soon, we'll get into that later, but potentially soon by points in um, after what happened has happened to TJ's team. So, you know, there's a lot of optics there that looked a little shady and also based on your very tight relationship with the person that has been well-documented throughout, you know, the league. There's just a lot of, a lot of things there that, that led people to think a certain thing. And, you know, if no one feels as strongly and throws a challenge flag, then, you know, they can all shut up from from this point on, um, you know, including myself. And if, you know, if I'm not going to throw the flag and and say collusion, then I can't, I I can't in theory, you know, accuse collusion at that point. So just like you had to bite the bullet last, last week when you raised a big stink about a trade that wasn't collusion, you just didn't like the, you know, the, the players involved. Well, you know, now we're going to be in the same position. So if you are, if you or Booty are pissed that there's an outrage about a trade, then you can like re- rewind to the outrage that was coming at PRB and, and um, bags last week. And, you know, what's like you said, what's good for the goose is good for the gander. So, 
you know, if you're going to raise a huge stink about that trade because you felt that it affected you personally, well, then, you know, how can you not expect this backlash to come at you when when this happens? You know, it's like you kind of set it up. I don't think if, if you would have not freaked out last week, I don't think you'd see the backlash this week. It just, you know, it's like, um, you know, chicken and egg type of deal. So all that being said, I think that, you know, you said your thing. I said my thing. And I think that we can both move on and get into the recaps. Do you agree? Yes. Okay, cool. All right. Now, let's get into the outrageously high scores that came in this week. And we we can start it off with, I don't know, what was the worst one? Let's start with the worst one. I guess it was the Durazio booby game. That was yeah. like 90 to 84 here. And, you know, you know, booby comes in, you know, how many games is this with him scoring below, like, 110 points. He does it again here, puts up 84. Herbert doesn't bail him out. He gets what? I don't know. 6.6 and negative. What's that? Six, six point three points from the running back position there. You know, he got 8.8 out of Hardman, which could have hurt Durazio, who just traded him, and he got 3.1 out of Chenault. So that was a potential burn point there, but it didn't work out that way. And, you know, I can't really name that many good performers on Durazio's side other than TJ Hawkinson. There wasn't that many touchdowns scored. Like, not even Kyler Murray had a touchdown in this game. Dalvin Cook, no touchdown in this game. The only touchdown of note is really um, from Cooper Cup once again. That's what Stafford does so well. No huddle here. Stafford, he can't. going to air it out. Deep downfield, wide, wide, wide open. A flag is down. That's Cooper Cup. There's a flag down to the 35-yard line. So, you know, what do you have to add to this? Yeah, I mean, not my. This this is just, this is obviously a very low-scoring game, Brent. I mean, not even a combined 200 points. Not even close. I mean, Kyler Murray, like, like we've talked about in the past, I mean, we're saying we're not going to sound any alarms necessarily for Steve to, you know, be concerned necessarily about Kyler Murray. And, Quite frankly, you know, I'm sticking to that same narrative. I mean, he's he's going to intermix these bad games with with some very great games along the way, but he's definitely had some low scoring games, um, you know, along the way. And you know, we're getting into that point, that stage of the season where he kind of slowed down last year too. I mean, he was he was exploding early on last year, and then he kind of trailed off down this down this the stretch of the season. Now, some of that was because of injury, but look, he did not. He left the field. Uh, on Thursday night, and he did not look well. Like he was limping pretty noticeably. So I think he derives a lot of his success from his athleticism. So that's something that you know I think we should probably keep an eye on. Uh, you know, other than that, I mean, it's just a a typical down week for Steve. Other than Cooper Cup, who continues his assault on all time record books um, for booty. I mean, look, you get 17 points from your all everything quarterback and a total of six points from two running backs, like it's going to be tough to win those games, even with the Steelers uh, putting up a pretty nice showing for him defensively. Also, Schultz, who I think is, I mean, he he was obviously, I think, top three or four tight end. Uh, he's going to bounce back once we get Dak Prescott back, which I think likely will be this week. So, um, you know, we'll see. The, the trade's made. We'll see if, may, I don't know, what that how that's going to, uh, pertain to his his week outlook this week, but we'll take a look at that later on uh, in in the preview section. Yeah, I mean, both of these teams scored a combined three touchdowns. So this is the kind of this is the kind of numbers that we're uh, that we're looking at this week. 
Um, I guess we can move on to the next game. This game, I believe we both had Durazio, a pretty easy pick, even though he had a down week uh, over the two and six booby, who, like I mentioned earlier, is, is is likely, you know, heading to at least not playoffs, but most likely toilet. It's looking like with that record and his points scored, which we'll get into in the HSSR. But on to the next game. Let's go. Uh, I don't know. How about this? Bags. This is actually a good game. Came down to Monday night. Bags gets a much needed win here with 113, which this week is actually pretty decent. And he beats Schwarz, who puts up 105. Bags, he had that big performance from Amari Cooper. First and goal to the end zone. And it is held for the touchdown. Cooper. Amari Cooper. Over Cameron Dantzler. Yeah, yeah, Brian. It was uh, a huge performance by Amari Cooper, but also his pickup down there in flex to your boy, Cole Beasley, coming through with 19 points, 10 catches, 110 yards. Uh, That's a great pickup. Then the Seahawks defense with a with a healthy 19 point uh, performance. Uh, you know, just a, a pretty you know, considering this week it, it was as bad as it was, like you said. Uh, 113, pretty healthy. Uh, he got a number of nice contributions. Uh, on the other side of the spectrum here is, is Schwartz, who just continues his downward uh, spiral and descent into the toilet. Uh, I don't think really there's any escape for him this year. He is now 1-7 and seven, uh, this season with the loss. And, I mean, the quarterback situation continues to dog this guy. I mean, every single week, I mean, he just cannot get a consistent performance no matter who he goes to. And quite frankly, it doesn't really matter. He's in contention for the toilet. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, Jalen Hurts only pulling down 11 points here. He bags, it's, it's, it hurts, no pun intended, because I'm sure Bags, you know, he made that trade. He finally felt like he got the answer to the quarterback position. And then Jalen Hurts puts up, which was probably his worst game of the season, as soon as he, it was his worst game, like by e- far. Easily yeah, worst game. By easily. a lot. Yeah. yeah. And it, like as soon as he gets to Bags' team, he puts up his, his stinker of the year. I, you know, you just got to. He's got to kind of laugh at that point. If your bags like throw your hands up in the air, like what can I do? I, I mean, I'm even trading for for the guy, and I still can't get the production. But you know, he'll have better games in the future, I'm sure. But uh, you mentioned Cole Beasley. I saw that he uh, he left Twitter. It's like a weird theme going on with the, with uh, you know people leaving these these chat Twitter uh, things going on this season. I th- just thought I would point that out because. He is no longer out there uh, publicly, so we don't have to hear him anymore. Um, but that game was actually a split. You had bags in that game, and I had Schwarz, so you, you picked up one on me there. But nice. moving on to the next game, which was, I believe, uh, the second highest score of the week here, and that was we had him on the show for the Halloween episode, and he comes out and he puts up, for this week, a pretty decent score here with 117, and that's not even including the fact that Winston blew out his ACL mid-game, and he still got those points, but largely on the back of your boy, Art Juan Brown's huge game. And a fresh set of downs from their own 42. Tannehill protected well this time, and completes A.J. Brown, breaking free! Brown is in, touchdown! 
Yeah, Brent, you know, these games were so poopy. It, it really it doesn't bear much discussion on the individual game themselves. Um, so I just really want to take, take time out here to give a shout-out to Art Juan Brown, who, yes, was playing very poorly earlier on in the season. I mean, this guy went for 13 in Week 1, then 5.8, 0.3, 0, and then 5.3, but then. 12.6, okay, we're trending in the right direction, 7 for 91. Then 27 last week and 39 this week. Art Juan is back in a major way, and he is hoisting up Barco's entire squad as he makes his ascent back to elite wide receiver status. So, uh, you know, just kudos for Barco, um, you know, for, for hanging on and staying with him. He was insulting him and calling him a piece of garbage uh, a few weeks <laughs> But I, I think he's probably a little little bit happier with Art Juan these days. Yeah, well, the the thing is, you know, with, with that Derrick Henry injury that I mentioned, you would expect maybe some more passing for the Titans coming up down here. Um, but the problem being is next week, Art Juan has to go against the Rams at the Rams and Jalen Ramsey. So it might not be as rosy of a picture this next coming week as it looks with that with that volume spike. But on the other side here, you know, Stover is continuing to struggle here. He drops to also two and six looking pretty grim for here, uh, here for Stover this season. He's just having trouble getting it together this year. And I'm not even going to name all the culprits on his team because there's a lot to mention here. We have Gainwell, Herbert, all below 10 Sutton, you know, below 10. He actually gets a decent game out of Crowder and Goddard. And even Carson Wentz there on cars by week, but, you know, just not enough to move the needle. And, you know, he uh, he has a lot of work to do if he wants to get out of that that uh, that toilet territory that he might be. And we'll see in the HSSR uh, next up on the slate. We have the weasel PRB game. Oh, and that last game, I think we uh, we actually split. You had Stover in that game and I had Barco. So uh, I got my game back there. Um, on to the, the Weasel and PRB game, which was my lock of the week. And I had PRB as a lock over Weasel's team because it's just an easy team to lock over. You know, he he does his thing, his poor management, where he, he waits until Saturday to fill a need at quarterback because the, the reports coming in all week on deck were looking pretty bad, and he didn't prepare for it. And then he, he ends up with Jared Goff. And his 8.88 points. And, you know, it's such a waste of Najee Harris and Elijah Mitchell's, like, nice performances because he even gets a zero at tight end. You know, he's, his team is just falling apart at the seams. He wants, you know, he's writing letters. You know, oh, oh, can we talk about the Calvin Ridley thing? I mean, bummer for him that he's going through that. feel terrible for Ridley. It's a shame for Weasel that he, you know, he had that unexpected top player, 22.5, maybe 23.5 million, just be completely useless this year. That is not helping his cause. Dak's injury, not helping his cause. But he is definitely spiraling down into the toilet. On the other side here, though, PRB with a pretty, you know, decent week, all, all things considered. You know, if he didn't get two zeros from Raymond and Slayton in his lineup there, he would have probably had a pretty decent week because, you know, he had a nice, another nice game from Stafford, another really nice game from Mixon as well. And look at that, another really nice game from Michael Pittman too. 
On first and goal, Wentz protected well, throwing to the end zone. Pittman, his second touchdown. Yeah, those were players that you just named players I really liked. I, I didn't love Mixon, but I wanted him. PRB, if you remember, was bidding me up for him inexplicably. Um, you know, Mixon was supposed to be my DeAndre Swift position, but he just went, to, he just exceeded my budget because PRB was was driving me up. And then I really liked Pittman as well. And Pittman, he's having a great season. I mean, that I think a couple people had that had him on their on their list. And I mean, this guy's been you know, in the twenties or right at 20 kind of for like four games this year. Um, I mean, he's had, he's having a very, very strong season. So yeah, I mean, PRB is look, I don't know that this guy, I don't think this guy has the juice to get into the top eight by the end of the year, but I think it's safe to say PRB is, is solidly not going to be a toilet bowl team this year. Yeah. He's, you know, he's making moves. He's making trades, trying to make his team better. He got Deontay Johnson and those 12 points for a player that he wouldn't have been using in his lineup this week in hurts. So, you know, good on him. That got him. I mean, if you if you really think about it, those those twelve points, considering he had two receivers with a zero in his lineup this week, I mean, those those twelve points could have meant the difference between a win and a loss. So he's he's out there scrapping. He's four and four. He's just trying to stay, you know, in contention here. And you know, other people say they're in contention at two and six. Well, he is at four and four, and he's making moves to to stay afloat here. But uh, let's move on to the next game. Um, I'll go to my game against Frankie's Freak Squad. And, you know, another low-scoring game. Frank gets a win with 101. I, you know, I put up a weak-ass 91 points here. Definitely not thrilled by that. I have a few people to blame. You know, McLaren, I don't know what happened that game, but he walked away with five measly points. And, you know, I feel like Joe Burrow had another week where he inexplicably had his final drive taken off the table because of just what happened in that Cincinnati uh, Jets Jets game with the, I mean, you saw the call that, that pretty awful. much changed the game there. Awful call. I mean, I, I feel like he had at least one touchdown drive at the end of the game there. And I, I'm sure you as a survivor player were hoping that was the case, but just a terrible call there. Yeah, this is a, this is obviously a, tr- a tough loss uh, for you. I think, um, you know, Burrow, like I like you said, I think he probably might have had another touchdown, obviously. Um, you know, Zeke just situationally in that game against uh, Minnesota it was just a weirdly low scoring game. Um, they were obviously stacking the box because of the quarterback situation there. Um, you know, McLaurin comes back from that megawatt game he had last week with with, uh, you know, just a, again, another low scoring game. Uh, you know, we've seen a lot of this throughout throughout the the league this week. Um, you know, just low scoring games, and you know, Frank, you know, just finds a way to squeak out just enough. Allen has kind of been, you know, his savior throughout the year too. Uh, you know, a lot of people are relying on big quarterback play. Uh, Frank is is no different. I'm looking at some of Allen's uh, scores here. I mean, he has a you know 48 point game, a 50 point game, 37 last week and then 34 in a very low scoring week for everybody. So Frank just finds a way to squeeze out another win. And that's six consecutive wins for Frank. Now. I mean, he, he just, like I said last week, this guy's a consistent player. He's a real uh, contender to win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, absolutely. And I think DK Metcalf was probably the, the MVP of his week this week with those two touchdowns that he caught one 
was a pretty nice catch. Smith, nine passes, nine completions. He's going for number 10. He's going to the sideline. Oh, what a catch made by DK Metcalf. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> oh, my. That's some LeBron James stuff right there on the sideline, and that's. There's nothing you can do about it. There is absolutely nothing you can do about it. So, you know, nice win by Frank. Like you said, he moved to 6-2. and two, And we can move on to our next game here. We're really firing him away here, Jay. We're, we're moving fast here. So let's go to your game against TJ. Yeah, th- I mean, I get the win, obviously. I'm happy about that. Um, yeah, there's, I mean, there's a lot to be said about this game, Brent. I don't want to, I don't want to dwell on things, spend too much time. I mean, TJ, look, it's just unacceptable in my estimation for him to start a player on a bye week. It's ridiculous. Um, he he went on. I I was watching his his lineup alterations closely all week, obviously, uh, and he went in. I think he went in, in on Wednesday, maybe it was Thursday, and changed. He put Garoppolo to the bench and put Cousins in. And he put um, Justin Jefferson in uh, and moved. Um, I'm, I can't remember who he moved to the bench. I think it was Anderson. Uh, he moved to the bench. And then he just missed Jacobs. Flat out, he just missed. Didn't realize it, that he was on a bye. And I, he never, seemingly never went back to look at this matchup all week. It's it's just to me, look, whatever. I hope I hope nothing is bad going on with him, but. I mean, for me, like to see a guy that is leading in points by like 90 points still at this at this time, it's just ridiculous that this guy barely manages his team, can't even be bothered to go on and make sure he doesn't have a player on a bye week in his lineup. Um, Yeah, I mean, we all clearly saw that that was the case. But, you know, I got I got um, for for some reason just yelled at for, you know, checking in on TJ last time. So I did not touch this with a 10 foot pole because I didn't want anyone to get upset. So, you know, there it is, you know, he's, he's mismanaging his team. I hope that, you know, booty would enjoy this rather than someone, you know, checking on him and seeing what's going on. But, you know, we, you know, I don't think that this is necessarily good for the league for it to be like this, but you know, whatever you want to happen can happen, but you get some nice, Performances, Jay, again from your boy Eckler. Really good spot for himself right now. They play the drive. Shake and bake move doesn't work for Eckler. New England's defense holds up, although once again, the extra effort. Oh, my goodness. Touchdown. That look stood up at the line, and the Chargers muscle their way in. Austin Eckler. With a touchdown run. You know, he just continues to churn out points for you. And as always, Brady is there just as an anchor for your team. Not an anchor in a bad way, just an anchor, like, you know, solidifying your team. Yeah, those guys have really carried me all year. I get spotty performances throughout the rest of my lineup. Um, you know, I was really struggling with that flex position all week. I I think Chase Edmonds has got to be a starter every week, no matter what. He, I mean, he's going to score double digits. Scores double digits every week. So I figured he was a, a safe play, and then I didn't know what to do about my flex, too. I thought I was going for a ceiling play with Tony, and then I obviously get tons of points on my bench. Brent, I have 102 points on my bench there, 101.78. I know I I, I wind about enough on, on the chain. I don't really need to, to go into it in, in too much detail here. But 
Look at 101.78. Look at that from five players on my bench. And then look at the other scores from people's full starting lineups this week. I mean, I outscored half of the league with a bench and then I still get a win somehow and have a nice kind of a nice point total for this week with my starters. But that those things come back to haunt you. We'll get into it in the MVP discussion. If we have one this week, uh, three weeks ago, I left 89 points on my bench. So, but Jay, but Jay, it's a little bit skewed when you're talking about these bench points, because first of all, two of the teams on your bench that you're talking about that equaled, I don't know what, what 47 points, their defenses. It's not like you can like plug in like, one in your defense and two in your flex. So, like, you're really only talking, like, you know, the points don't break break you're, out that way. You're right. We're, we're talking about 40 points. Like, if I would have gone Carter instead of Tony, which I did have from for some of the week there, uh, and if I would have gone Broncos instead of Niners, right. or either Eagles instead of Niners, that's, that's plus 40. So, like, right. I would have had, like, 160 points this week instead. And, and I mean, 20 points that you're talking about from the quarterback don't even count because it's 20 less than your starting quarterback. So it's, right. it's a bit it's a bit skewed to look at the number as just 101 points. Sure. I'm not and I'm not saying I would have 100 more points this week, obviously. But I mean, 40 is a significant amount, like especially this week when not a lot. Of, basically, no one barely got over 100, you know, to, to get 160 would have been really season altering for me from a standpoint of the MVP chase. I mean, these no things doubt catch up with you is what I'm saying. No doubt. No doubt. So we can, we can chalk it up as more of like a 30 to 40 point miss, which is pretty much what I had to deal with close to it. Like, you know, last week with the, with the borough. So, you know, what happens. Um, and you just have to, you have to soldier on and try and make up those points later on. And with the injury to Derek Henry and the mismanagement of TJ's team, I'd say that you have a bead on MVP. So, you know, you just made that trade for Kelsey. That should, that should bolster your starting lineup. So, you know, you just got to keep trucking on and, and, you know, Go for that MVP, I guess. But moving on to the next game, we have the last one on the slate, and that is Spross, Table Boy, versus Last Chance, Russell. Russell, everyone made a big deal because he benched Rodgers and started Bridgewater. It only it only came down to five pretty much meaningless points because he wouldn't have won the game anyway, no matter which one he started. And Spross comes away with, you know, one of the higher scores of the week. You know, he gets his Tyreek touchdown from Mahomes. Both for Patrick to find someone open. Third and goal from the six. Mahomes waiting for something to open up. Find some space and throwing on the run. It's caught. Touchdown, Tyreek Hill. And the Chiefs score first. Even though they didn't, like, explode on Russell's face. But, you know, pretty much a lot of, like, balanced performances on, on Spross's side here. Honestly... Uh, you know, Russ was dealing with a lot of a lot of situations on his his end of the ball. He's got a couple injuries down there, obviously, uh, most notably to Knox, who was going off for him, and McCaffrey, uh, who looks like he I don't know, hopefully will be coming off IR this week. Um, and Rogers, of course, uh, was was benched and in a bad matchup. So, I mean, I I expect Russ to probably uh, bounce back this upcoming week. But, uh, you know, Spross had a lot of good things go on for him uh, overall in this lineup this week. I mean, he had a number of just balanced, good double digits. Like, I want to see double-digit scoring from every one of my slots. Spross nearly pulled that off. Um, the, The big point of concern right now is Patrick Mahomes, who, I mean, this just doesn't look right, Brent. I mean, he was going off early in the year, and honestly, that first month, Look, 46, 39, 29, 43, 
his first four games. And I went on that rant, if you remember, about how teams are just negligently lazy with the way that they play Kansas City. You have to play two deep safeties, put hands on the wide receivers, and dare Patrick Mahomes, dare him to to check down, to, to go to run plays, to go on methodical 10, 15 play drives, eight minute drives, and be and make no mistakes to not have the don't have the line breakdown and get and get a big sack. Don't have a stupid penalty. Like make them do that and let's see what happens. And they haven't responded. Since that game against Buffalo, when it went bad, all these teams are watching that tape. They've made that adjustment. And now the, now it's on Mahomes to make the adjustment. Since that game, 22 points, 29 points, 7 points, 16 points. Something isn't right with Kansas City, and it's that something isn't right with Patrick Mahomes because he hasn't made the adjustment to the way that defenses should have been playing them all along. That's a fair point. Maybe maybe they heard the stinky cast and and you exposed Patrick Mahomes to, to the league with your with your breakdown um, of how to of how to beat him. But yeah, like you said, something isn't right. I don't know what it is. They don't. I mean, they haven't really had a running game for probably the past like I don't know two years, and that didn't make a difference. So it's not like teams just decided to stop keying on the running game or something like that. But um, you know, we'll see if if Mahomes can bounce back from these poor performances he has, you know, he has some soft defenses coming up, but some not so soft. So there might be some tough sledding for Kansas city and they're looking like they're not going to make the playoffs. But as far as stinky goes, both of these teams move to four and four. And as far as our picks go, Jay, well, what happened in the picks is I actually gained a game and we are now tied at 35 wins a piece. I have one less loss than you. You have one more lock than me. So we are still neck and neck in the picks. It's anybody's game, Brent. Um, and, you know, the, we'll see what uh, the outcome of these games, how that has affected our HSSR standings. Uh, we're going to get into that after we take a quick word from one of our sponsors, Brent. And look, th- this, this sponsor actually came to us uh, a couple weeks ago, uh, like two or three weeks ago. Uh, the timing of this one is, is kind of crazy because, you know, we've got a lot of trade things swirling around this afternoon. So uh, probably, you know, appropriate based on the last couple weeks, actually. So let's go ahead and slide them in right now. But join us on the other end of this break because Brent and I are going to review the HSSR standings. That and of course, we're going to preview the games to come that right after this. So the fantasy season isn't going how you planned during the draft. And the waiver market is completely depleted. Luckily for you, it's never too late to make a completely insane trade sure to infuriate your entire fantasy football league. From the innovative creators of PRBTradeMachine.com comes TradeRetard.com. Also available now in iOS and Android app stores. Just enter your league's fantasy rosters and we will generate the bottom trade options involving the bare minimum players to get in return. Leave your league scratching their head in bewilderment because Trade 
retard.com. Making bad trades will make you happy. Lose control of body and soul. Don't move too fast, people just take it slow. Don't get ahead, just jump into it. Y'all hear about it? The peace will do it. Get started, get stupid. Don't walk about it, people will walk you through it step by step like the infant new kid. Inch by inch with the new solution. Transmit hits with no delusion. The feelings are Welcome back in Stinky Nation. Welcome back in. And and Brent, it seemed like, uh, I don't know, maybe an appropriate or maybe a controversial selection uh, to run a, a, a trade-centric sponsor here. But like I said, they came to us, uh, you know, like during the last trade uh, stuff that was going on. So figured, hell, might as well run it today. Yeah, Jay. I mean, what what incredible timing for the sponsor. And I feel like a lot of our sponsors are incredibly timed, so why would this one be any different? But um, you know, it is. It is speaking of that, it is now 6:42 um, Eastern time, which means that the time has come to for anyone to challenge that trade. So I haven't seen any, so it looks like it's good to go, and you should be you should be on your way to a traveling, uh, uh, acquiring Travis Kelsey. Well, we'll see. Well, obviously, we'll we'll see what that yields for me. Um, we'll see uh, where I stand right now once the trade is made um, in the HSSR standings. See if you know I'm I'm positively or negatively affected by the by this trade um, moving forward. Brent, there is no movement though at the top of the HSSR standings for seemingly the eighth consecutive week out of eight weeks. It's still TJ at the top, but Brent, it is tightening right now. We haven't really talked about the Derrick Henry situation. He's obviously been on course to become arguably the best fantasy player of all time, but all of that came to a screeching halt in this game this past week where he seemingly suffered a season-ending foot injury like halfway through the game, but then he finished the entire game somehow. Um, I'm not sure exactly what the injury was, but it looks like timing wise, he's probably going to miss the rest of the year. TJ has got some work to do and he hasn't been doing much work at all this year for at least one more week. He is sitting atop the HSSR standings with a score of 26, but both Frank and I are right on his heels at two and three with uh, 25 points each. We're tied in the two and three spot and Frank, by virtue of a three-point lead on me. Thus, this is why a 40-point mistake on my bench means uh, is so impactful here. By virtue of those three points, Frank is in two, I'm in three, and then Durazio right on our heels with an HSS score of 24. Yeah, like you said, that um, that Derek Henry, Derek, Derek Henry injury is going to be very impactful um, in every fantasy league and in the NFL as well, but especially the TJ's team, who, like you said, um, isn't uh, isn't really an active manager, and he kind of relies on his lineup to do the work for him, and that's not going to be the case. You have to wonder if 
um, Henry's injury was from the workload. I mean, a foot injury, that sounds kind of like it would be from wear and tear, um, you know, just based on the nature of the injury. And, you know, we had said on the cast previously that he was just unbelievably durable. And, and we even said earlier in the year that we kind of shied off him because we're kind of waiting for him to break down. And, you know, maybe it's, it's just that time for, for that running back to kind of break down. I mean, you hate to see it. I was, you know, I was cheering TJ's ascent to the top on, and I would hate to see it, it, it rocket downward at this point and crash, but it looks like that might be the case here, and it's already starting to happen, like you said, with that 26. So I feel like the top four here is is going to is going to be like kind of like an open door. Like there's going to be a door at, open at the top for people to move in, and there's going to be a door at the bottom of it for, I feel like, someone to move in as you know i feel like tj is is under jeopardy of dropping out of it at this point even though he's still at the top yeah i think honestly we could get into this uh you know briefly in a, in a couple moments once we review the remainder of the standings the mvp race i honestly i still think tj like he's got enough of a cushion point wise where i you know i feel like he's still gonna finish top at least top three in points um i mean he's up like 80 or 90 on everybody still I mean, that's a significant cushion with, you know, whatever, five games left to go. Uh, I think the biggest issue for him is going to be his wins-loss record now at this point because this loss really hurts him. He drops to five and three. Um, so he's, you know, basically going to maybe possibly drop into the mix of, like, a bunch of other teams. Uh, so, you know, he's going to have to rely on the points tiebreaker. It's going to be interesting to see, um, you know, what where he goes from here. He obviously still has a huge amount of fab dollars left so i mean if he wants to become an active manager of his team that's obviously an option but you're right there's some flex now in these top four um maybe from tj but in terms of frank jay and steve jay myself and steve i mean we've these four have kind of been the top four for a while now um when you look down through five through eight um it's pretty bunched up there brent then five through eight would be the play-in uh category there where, where two of these four would, would advance into the, the final round of the playoffs. That would be Russ at, has 18 points, Barco has 18 points, Spross has 16, and you have 16. So all four of you, I feel like, are basically interchangeable at this point. Record-wise, point-wise, you're all so close. Uh, that, that really can go any which way at this point. Yeah, I agree. Those, it's, it's really weird how this is kind of starting to shake out here. If you look at all the numbers, you know, you have those top four teams from 26 points to 24, and then you have the next four clustered between 18 and 16. And then, you know, you didn't mention them yet, but then the next two are like between 10 and nine. And then the last four are between like eight and three. It's just weird how this is starting to like really cluster, even we couldn't have possibly planned it that way, but it's starting to shake out the way it looks like. Yeah, you mentioned the next two. That would be PRB still. He basically doesn't move at all. He was he was ninth last time with 10 points last week, and he still is in that nine slot, um, you know, outside of the poopy bowl and outside of the play-in game. So, and he keeps the same point total he had last week with 10. Uh, Stover is, is right behind him there with nine, and I don't think that that has changed either. I think Stover was in 10th last week with nine, and, and so he stays there. The bottom four, which are the toilet four at this time, they haven't, they're still the same as last week, but there's been some jostling and movement uh, within. Joey uh, jumps up to eight points by virtue of that, that win to get his record to four and four. 
Schwartz is still, I think he's like eighth or ninth in scoring, but he's one and seven. Uh, so he drops down there. Uh, he's number, he's, uh, has seven points in at number 12. And then Booty and Tucci remain in 13 and 14 from last week. Booty with a score of five and Tucci with three. Right. I mean, at this point, what, what, what would it take for Booty or Tucci to climb out of the toilet bowl? Like, they would have to essentially go on a stretch of games where they're scoring in the, what, top six and winning every week? Yeah, I mean, at least uh, to get out of the toilet bowl, uh, they probably at least three, I'd say three or four wins the rest of the way. So there's whatever, five games before the play in week 14. Uh, so, I, yeah, I'd say like minimum three and two, probably more like four and one. But not even just the records. You, I mean, HSSR isn't going to just reward you for the wins. Like, they're right. going to need the points, too. So, right. you know, they can't, they can't just scrape by getting like 101 to 91 point wins. Like, they're going to need to put up like, a buck fifty, a buck thirty, pretty much every week while they're winning these four or five uh, games in a row. Yeah, I would say at least like one thirty. They'd have to average one thirty the next four, five games. Yeah. Right. So I guess we'll see if that could happen, but you know, I I don't think I'm betting on that to be a reality. But I don't know if you are, but I guess we'll see. But um, you know, so like we said, we can probably get into the MVP race here, which is honestly. You know, we we kind of run it off as a two man race, but I don't I don't necessarily think it's a two man race anymore. I think I think it's going to be a little bit more wide open here. I mean, TJ only has like uh, I don't know, like a ninety maybe eighty something point lead on Durazio, and you're not too far behind Durazio. It's like uh, or if, I mean, Frank isn't too far behind. Well, you and Frank, you and Frank are clustered at like one fifty nine, one fifty or a thousand fifty nine, a thousand fifty six. So honestly. Probably those top four teams have a shot at the MVP, I'd say, right now. I mean, we'll see. TJ, yeah, he's got an 80-point lead on Steve, and then he's got a 91-point lead on Frank and a 93-point lead on me. So, you know, I mean, he's still basically up 100 on on us on the next three uh, that are behind him. So I... I mean, we'll see. The, the Derrick Henry thing, obviously, is a critical hit um, to him because, I mean, Henry, I mean, he had to have been averaging. Go, I mean, going into yesterday, um, you know, I'm not sure. I can't really remove. Even with yesterday factored in, which he scored 6.8 points yesterday, even with that factored in, he is averaging 28 points per game. So, like... I mean, he probably entered the game yesterday scoring like 30, which is essentially like a top five or six quarterback. So you basically have like two quarterbacks on your team in terms of production. So that's going to be a big hit. And, and Brent, honestly, I have breaking news here. It's early in the week. It's Tuesday. And TJ has changed his lineup already. I'm looking at TJ's lineup and he's he's taking Gronkowski well, Gronkowski remains out, but he's taken Henry out, and he has Singletary in his starting lineup. So there you go. TJ has, has made a change already. Now, look, Daryl Henderson has been pretty damn good this year. So, I mean, he kind of can take the shape of, like, an RB1, I think. But, obviously, Chuba is going to – he's going to lose value here pretty shortly. So, yeah, you know, I don't know. I think TJ has to do something to address this, but – and if he doesn't, he probably will likely cede the MVP to one of the, the three behind him. 
it's funny that he, he literally made the change while we're sitting here talking about it. But uh, it's good to see that he's he, he's in there and, and doing active things. And he's going to have to probably be active uh, right now. He, I hope he's putting in his his fab bids maybe for Adrian Peterson, the fab party on uh, on Wednesday night for the almost 37 year old running back coming into the to the Titans. I mean, I, I would assume the Titans are going to run a similar offense, but I'm, I don't know if I can trust Adrian Peterson to even remotely make that offensive line look as good as Derrick Henry did, but I guess we'll see. I'm sure he's worth a pretty sizable fab bid to TJ, who has a lot of fab money to spend. So I think at this point, I would say that TJ has um, $193 million in fab which is definitely at least like 40 million more than the next closest person. I think uh, Frank has 146. Uh, Steve has 140. And everyone else is is right around 100 or lower. So <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if TJ just threw in a fuck it, give me AP bid and made it for like 80 million just to ensure that he got him or something like that. Yeah, that it'll be interesting. Got to keep our eyes obviously on that and see uh... – how how high he's willing to go obviously if his quarterback bids a few weeks ago or any indication he's likely going to lose that um that that bid but um that is the the mvp race as it stands right now brent uh those are the hssr standings as they stand right now as well um and you know brent speaking of fab uh you know some owners like to be a little more active than others on on the wednesday night fab run and some just like to to hold all the juice until Saturday, because why the hell not? It's the end of the week. It's party night. Like, not no better time to get all sauced up and let some fab dollars flow than on Saturday night. So uh, we actually, you know, have a, a new, uh, you know, elite club for uh, fab parties that that came to us this week and, and wanted to get the word out to Stinky Nation. So. Make sure um, you know you you give this next sponsor a call. But let's take a you know a quick break here, get a word from them, and then uh, Brent and I will be back on the other end to run down the picks of games on this week upcoming. So join us right after this. Are you overwhelmed with the rudimentary skills required to manage your fantasy football team? Can't quite piece together players for bye weeks and potential injuries that might arise? Well, don't sweat it. Just take your shirt off, oil up, and get set for the biggest party of the entire week. It's Saturday night, and you'll feel all right. Once the fab cash starts dropping, baby. That's right, negligent fantasy owners. The drinks will be flowing, and the handy stalls will be at full capacity. So call now to make your reservations at 1-800-FABULOUS. Fabulous. The premier restaurant, bar, and hotspot to watch all of your major fab parties. Our team of planners are standing by to take your reservations today. But you've already waited till the last second to make 
your fab bids. Don't delay to secure your spot at the biggest party of the week. Call 1-800-FABULOUS today. Tell them Tucci sent you. And use promo code WEASEL for $20 off your cover charge at the door. Welcome back in Stinky Nation. And Brent, I don't know, are you, I don't know if they, they have hours on Wednesday night or just Saturday. That's something that we're probably going to have to follow up with them on. Yeah, I mean, the Wednesday fab parties are usually pretty lit, but there's only like a couple people who really like to get lit at the Saturday one. And that's typically like Weasel because he's, you know, mismanaging his team or something like that and trying to pick up a quarterback at the, uh, at the fab club, the Saturday Night Fever fab club in that sponsor, which is, you know, great sponsor. Thanks for showing up this week and showing out. But, you know, speaking of Weasel, I don't know if you've read this, Jay, but there was a like a letter he, that came in today in email that was kind of, you know, playing, I'll say spoofing the Calvin Ridley letter where uh, Weasel said he was taking a mental health break from the WhatsApp chain. What, what, what do you have to say about that? Oh, I, I honestly, I didn't even really realize that. I, I heard you guys like kind of making fun of me. I, I didn't realize there was an actual, was, is there really like some kind of a correspondence sent out? Yes. Yes. There's, you have to click the word document that he attached. It's basically, you know, almost word for word of what Calvin Ridley said, wow. uh, why he was stepping away from the game and, you know, weasels being very coy with, with the, uh, with the chain, you know, it's, it's very strange to me that his team is terrible and, you know, he's he's really like, you know, backed off and 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 hiding, really. And, you know, Booty is saying that he's he had a big email today where he said that he's, you know, him and several others. He likes to exaggerate his side, but him and several others are not enjoying this year because of this person or this person, or this person. Well, maybe you're not enjoying this year because your team sucks. I mean, you know, other people have to deal with it. So just, you know, kind of buck it up, I guess. Yeah, I mean, uh, you hate to see it. Uh, I, I'm gonna have to look into this document and 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 before I can really comment on it, but I'll 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 look into it obviously off air, and uh, you know I'll have some 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 additional commentary maybe on WhatsApp about that. Yeah, take take a nice look at that. It's definitely. I mean, I'll give him credit. It it, it was a nice pivot to to having one of his players do that and then him do the same thing. So I got I got a decent little laugh out of it. So funny stuff there. Definitely check it out. But speaking of we have to get into the picks for this week. So, you know, let's not waste any time here and dive right into the picks. Right off the bat, the game that I'm going to I'm gonna go at is this Frank Fernandez versus Barco game. Because, you know, like you said, Frank has won six in a row. Jay, is he going to make it seven here against a team that has also been shooting up the rankings in Barco? You know, Brent, the answer in my estimation is... Yes, Frankie will be making it seven unbelievable, seven consecutive wins. Uh, I mean, this guy looked like a doormat possibly in the first two games. And yeah, now it looks like Saquon might be coming back. It looks like he's inserted him into the lineup already. Um, I, you know, this lineup just has a number of good things all around it. I mean, Barco's going to be getting, you know, reinserting Lamar Jackson, Mr. Jackson. 
and Hollywood Brown. But, you know, I like those two additions coming in for him. But, you know, I just think Frank's going to remain hot and get this dub and move to seven and two. Yeah, one of the other problems on Barco's side is um, that Tanyan was hurt. And that was his starting tight end. I don't think he has another. Oh, he does have CJ Uzama that he can slide into the tight end role. So, you know, I guess he's not as bad off as it seems. And honestly, I, I'm, I'm not sure I like what's going on on Frank's side this week. And I think this seven-game win streak has to come to an end. You know, I think Barco is injecting a lot of positive, funny stuff into the WhatsApp chain. And I like, I just like the vibe that the new guy is bringing to the league this, this year. And I'm going to, I'm going to take him this week. I think, you know, Mr. Jackson comes off of the bye, has a big game and connects with Marquise Brown in that game against Minnesota. So I'm actually going to take Barco in this one. Okay. First game, first difference. Yeah. We're off to a, we're to a, a fiery start here with the picks, but, um, all right, so let me move up. I have those tabulated into the into the picks, and I'll move on to the next game, and that is the booby of the bad gays versus Hey Stinky Schwarz, and I am up on this one. You know, like you said, Schwarz is really being held back by the quarterback situation. You know, whether it be Darnold this week or whether it be Trevor Lawrence, they're going up against Herbert, who is going up against the Eagles, at Philadelphia, but I usually don't like when the West Coast team comes to the East Coast and plays in the 1 o'clock game, but this is actually a 4 o'clock game, and I think that, you know, Herbert has a chance of doing pretty good. He's got these he's got these new, you know, Gaskin. I'm not, I've never been a big Gaskin fan, but we'll see what he can do for his lineup, and, you know, he's, he's got pretty much a full complement of players here. He's still starting Mecole Hardman, who he got in that trade. Schwartz has Lockett on a bye. That's going to be a tough one for his team to recover from, being that it's not that deep. And he only has probably Waddle to plug in there. So I'm actually going to take Booby in this game here. Yeah, I, you know, Brent, I, I have to agree with you. Like, I, I like Boot. I like the way this squad looks um, right now for this week. Uh, Schwarz is struggling. I think, I, I mean, he's got a lot of bad things going on in his lineup. It's hard to overcome mediocre play from the quarterback position. Uh, I hate that East Coast trip too. And when it's a one o'clock game, but like you said, not a factor this week, you know, I mean, looking at at Gaskin and Edmonds there, look, say what you will, like those guys are both averaging double digit points. I know you don't like to look at the points or, or tabulate it that way, but they're both, you know, supposed to get into the double digit range this week. They average double digits on the year. I mean, he's got, you know, Schultz there to, to slide to his to his one tight end. Uh, the receivers, I mean, I'm going to go with Booty this week in kind of maybe kind of an easy win, honestly. In fact, Brent, I might, I'm going to reserve the right to come back and put a lock on this game. Well, I was just about to say that I'm, I'm going to – I need to pick Booty at some point this week. Uh, not this week. This it. Let's do season. it. Let's, throw, let's both throw dual locks on this game. Let's, let's, let's both – lock booby in he seems like he's having you know a tough mental health situation in email let's let's boost his his ego a little bit here and throw a locker on him this week both of us i like it lock it. you you heard it here first to the dual lock on booty this week dual lock over schwarz this week all right all right let's go to the next game here and that is 
Table Boy Spross versus none other than the best record in the league, and that is you, Jay. And you get to pick this one first. Well, Brett, you know, I did just make the trade. Uh, you you broke the news to me, um, you know, before we started this call that that Noah Fant is on uh, COVID IR. So I don't know what that means or whatever. He was still honestly going to be in my starting lineup this week. Um, I have him set actually right now in my starting lineup. So I don't know. You know, I made, I made the trade. I wanted to upgrade my tight end, as I said. I wanted an elite tight end. But again, now the lack of depth, which I wanted to get rid of some of my depth, it's now kind of affecting me. I've got I got the Brady on by. I've got Swift on by. Corey Davis did not practice today. He did not practice last week at the end of the week and he did not play last week. Doesn't look like he's going to play this week. Uh, You know, Tony, who I have also in my starting lineup. Looks like he badly hurt his thumb in the end of that game last night. And his ankle has been ailing. He does not look like he has any explosion. So realistically, I don't know that I'm going to be able to play Tony or Fant in this game. And I don't even have anybody on my bench that I could put in if Corey Davis isn't playing. So those obviously would have been Chase Edmonds and Miles Gaskin plug-ins. So that's not there. I'm going to probably have to go to Fab at some point here and address that. In addition to having my all everything, Tom Brady, the elite, the number one fantasy player in all of fantasy football on by. And now Mahomes with two consecutive poop games. I think Spross, my nemesis now, who's turned into my arch rival in this league, is going to to drop me from my one loss and get the win this week. The win that he barely or that he desperately needs, rather, uh, as he's lost, I think, two or three in a row. I'm going to give him the win to get over 500 and drop me to seven and two. Wow. So you're picking against yourself. You're taking Spross to beat you in this game. You know, I'm going to have to, I just looked at the breakdown while you were, while you were going through the breakdown as well. And, you know, he has a similar, he has some similar sketchy situations on his side of the ball. And like you said, you know, Gaskin and Edmonds would have been plugging in those holes that you have this week, but you know, now they're not on your roster, and that's kind of what happens. You know, that's kind of the jeopardy that you that you take when uh, you sacrifice depth. So I'm actually, even regardless of that, I'm at this point with the Chiefs. They look so broken. They're gonna have to show me before I have faith in them at this point because I, I like even against the Giants, that's a team they should have lit up on Monday night, and they couldn't even do that. So I'm actually going to take you in this game. I think you're going to find a way to pull this one out and continue on your league-leading record and go to 8-1. and one. Wow. I, I mean, I don't see it. With Daniel Jones in, Brent, he could – look, I'll take – he scored 20 last night. I'll take that. I will take 20 in a heartbeat from him. I'm afraid he's going to get like three or four in this game. Uh, I mean, are you that scared of the Raiders? I think I'm more scared of Daniel Jones than the Raiders. <laughs> I've been saying that all year. Has your bravado about him had been all been all fake? Um, yeah, you know, I was kind of liking him early on, Brett. But when when I see four, four, nineteen, and twenty in the last four games, I'm a little worried. Right. Well, you know, I was trying to say this to you, and I guess you were just trying to tease me because he's on the Giants or something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So okay. So we got a difference here. I think you know, uh, Spross is going to get the win, but. You know, we'll see. I, I would obviously love to get a win with Brady on by, but, you know, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. 
Well, I've been planning for this week all season, so I'll put my faith in you and your planning, and thank you for the win. Uh, next game is uh, TJ versus Mad Dong Bags. And, you know, like you said, TJ's his roster is updated here. Maybe he's going to do fab. Who knows what's going to happen on Wednesday night. Uh, but we'll see if the if the fab restaurant, Fabulous, is open for TJ on Wednesday night. But, you know, that said, uh, Bags has some things he needs to fix in this lineup. You know, he doesn't look like he has, has a tight end this week. He's going to have to probably pick one up. He's going to have to pick up a defense. Not a lot out there for those two categories. So he's going to be up against it, even against this depleted TJ team. And, you know, I, I think Bags, you know, I think he's going to find a way. I think he's going to find a way this week, and I'm actually going to take him. I can't do it, Brent. I mean, I just can't. <laughs> I still, I, I don't know how this guy's four and four, honestly. Um, I mean, I think he's like bottom three in points right now. Um, actually, yeah, he's he's third worst in points. PRB's fourth worst in points. They're both four and four somehow. Look, th- this this magic run of wins, piecing wins together with barely over 100 points, it's, it's got to come to an end sometime. TJ is obviously extremely banged up, but I still think he can find a way to, to get the victory. If he is riding his team, um, you know, Gronkowski, I don't know. He's, he's, he had the back spasms. I don't know. Maybe he's going to play this week. Um, so that would be a boost if he gets him in. And then uh, who knows who he's going to slide in running back. But, I, I, you know, I think TJ will have just enough to get a win this week. All right. Well, you know, outside of that, shared lock pick on booty this week we don't have any game the same right now wow. so this is really shaping up to be a doozy of a week here on on the picks at least uh we'll see about the scoring that goes um we'll see if it's higher than last week was but you know a lot of these you know if if, if you like to get involved in the you know projections there's not a lot of high projections this week either jay Right. Yeah, it's low again. It's, it's CBS is shaping up. They're, they're setting our expectation that this could be another week like last week. Next up, we have Rustle, Last Chance Rustle versus Draft Weasel. You know, it looks like Weasel might get Prescott back. I feel like he might have been close to playing in the last game, so he'll probably get back on the field for this next game. But I'm not sure when Kittle is expected back. But I think the practice window is now available for him, so he might actually get him into his lineup. But we shall see about that. If he does, it'll be desperately needed, especially going against a Russell team who is, you know, ideally getting Rodgers with his full complement of receivers and playing against Kansas City and that defense. You know, Mike Williams on Russell's side has really fallen off, but, you know, that's still a potent weapon that he has in the Rams' defense down there. Oof, they just got stronger with that trade for Von Miller. Now, if he were to insert McCaffrey into this lineup this week, well, uh, you know, that would be just a huge burst. And I'm almost kind of regretting picking Booby as my lock because this looks like a lock Rustle win in this game. Yeah, I mean, this is an easy game to pick, Brian. I, I'm going to agree with you. We our, our streak of picking against each other has come to an end here with this game. Uh, this, this, yeah, this is an easy win, I think, for Russ. Uh, and, you know, one that, that he needs to get back on track, obviously, after the, the 97 points last week and the loss. And I think he's going to do just that. I could see Russ having a very big game this week. Uh, and we'll see if McCaffrey comes back. That's just going to bolster this already good-looking lineup. 
Yeah, absolutely. So we both agree on that one finally. And next up, we have Durazio versus Stover. And this is, you know, if Durazio can keep this role going, the, the door is open right above him to move up into it. And he's playing a, a table mate here in Stover who's just, you know, struggling to put it together. I'm not sure who he's going with at quarterback, but, you know, now he has Wentz and Carr, and they're kind of like complementary. You know, like they're, it's, it's mm-hmm. going to be tough for him to pick a quarterback. And he has Wentz against the Jets on Thursday night. And he has Carr against the Giants. And uh, it's a tough game because it's going to be at the Giants. And that's a West Coast team pretty much going to the East Coast. So I could see him leaving Carr on the bench here. But he's got some tough decisions. At the end of the day, this is your pick first, Jay. It is. And I'm going to easily pick Steve Durazio. Uh, I've been saying Durazio all year was I thought of as my chief competition. Frank has obviously inserted himself right in there. Um, I thought TJ was just a runaway MVP candidate until this this Derrick Henry situation. But, you know, I'd say Durazio, honestly, is now the the leader in the clubhouse. I, I'd say Durazio would be the favorite to win the MVP at this point. And I don't see him getting derailed this week by by a 2-6 and six team. Uh, I, I think this this game, this pick is a, a pretty much a no-brainer, and I would imagine, Brent, that we're going to agree on a second consecutive game. You would be correct. I am also going with him, and I don't need any more explanation because I gave it on the front end of that one. So we can move on to the next game because we both agree there. The last game of the slate, actually, and it is my game versus PRB. I'm in a position now where I have to pick this one first, and it's actually going to be a pretty tight game. I mean, you know, he, he's 4-4. Four and four, I'm 5-3. and three. We're not that far away from each other here. Um, you know, his team... We'll see if James Robinson plays. That's kind of a question mark, but I'm kind of scared of these receivers now that he has in Deontay Johnson and Pittman, both of which can, you know, can deliver some damage. And I have McLaren off this week. Even though he had a bad week, he's very explosive in my lineup, and it's going to be tough to uh, to win a game here without him in my lineup. But I like my matchups aside from that, and I actually think I'm going to take myself this week. Man, Brent, we're going to make it a trifecta, three in a row of agreements. Um, I, look, I said it earlier when we talked about Joey, like PRB has been, he's been making some trades. He's been active on the fab wire so much so that he has no money left at all. Um, and I just think that this magic has to run out. He's bottom four in scoring, like four and four, like he does not belong in, to be over 500. I think just like Joey, I think that the magic's going to run out this week. And, you know, I like some of your matchups here. And I just like the look of your overall team much more than I like his. Uh, you do get the tough bye week there with, with McLaren. But I think you're still going to have enough to, to get that win and drop PRB under 500. All right. Well, then, you know, that, that, uh, that went a little bit more in line at the end there with us agreeing on the last three picks after disagreeing on the the first three so actually ends up being a split because we both locked booty in on that on that one so we're kind of three different three the same this week on the picks so best of luck to you this week in the picks same to you same to you uh you know we're obviously tied so you know hopefully we get some separation here we we likely will with with those three uh dissenting picks um well brent that is all the time we have for the show today um you know it's been a weird episode i think we came in uh you know fresh off of that trade news and what i i'm seeing i've been recording with you for 
the last whatever hour and 20 minutes. I haven't seen, I just see updates coming in my phone. So I know chains and emails and texts are just blowing to pieces right now. I don't know what to make of it all. I don't know. I don't know what everything has been said in the past, you know, I don't know, two hours, but I'm sure at the end of the day, everything will be okay. And, you know, Stinky will be just fine. And, you know, I wish, I wish everyone the best of luck this week. Booby, you included. Stop, stop making yourself into a victim. We, you know, we all wish you the best of luck and everyone here, best of luck this week. And hopefully no more serious injuries like we saw in the spooky Halloween game last week. Absolutely. Hate to see it. Don't want to see any injuries. Uh, no repeats like we saw with, with Henry last week, obviously at the top, um, the upper echelon of players. So, you know, we'll, we'll have to hold our breath this week. Um, but like Brent said, I want to echo good luck to everybody on the field. Um, you know, we've got what looks to be maybe on the surface, another low scoring week. Hopefully that's not the case. And some people uh, get in the, the wetness category. Many thanks to our two sponsors. Uh, you know, maybe give the uh, the restaurant a, a call and, and, and RSVP for either tonight or preferably Saturday night. And, uh, you know, Brent and I will return next week to review it all. Same stinky time, same stinky channel. Until then, though, Stinky Nation, good night, night now. Break it down, took the bone gristle. Hills peaking, scud missile, heat seeking. Johnny blazing, nightmares like West Craven. Niggas gunning, my third eye seen it coming before it happened. You know about them fucking statin' kids, they smashing everything, huh? And in these shape, form, or fashion, now everybody talking about they blasting. Hmm, is you busting still or is you flashing? Hmm, talking out your asshole, you should have learned about the flowing PZ Afro. Italian stallion, chinky eye snot nose. From my naps to the bunion on my big toe, I keeps it moving. Know just what the fuck I'm doing. Rap insomniac, bean to catch a nigga snoozing. Slip the cardiac, arrest me. Exorcist, hip hop, possess me. Crunch a nigga like a Nestle, you know my stage. Burning to a third degree. Sneaky ass, alley cat, top pedigree. The head toucher, industry party bum rusher. You don't like it, dick up in your fuck ya. Yo, I slayed them C's back in the rec room era. My style broke motherfucking backs like him for terror. Most rap niggas came loud but unheard. Once I pulled out, round them off to the nearest third. Check these non-visual niggas with tapes in a portrait. Flood the seminar trying to orbit this corporate in the street. But what them niggas can't see must break through like the woo unexpectedly. Protect your neck, my sword still remains imperial. Before I blast the mic, Rizzo scratch off the cereal. We rain all year round from June to June. My niggas bite immediately, if not soon. Set the lynching and form the execution date as this 2000 beyond slang suffocate. Amplify sample through vacuum tubes, compressions, cause Rizzo to charge niggas 20 G's a session. When my mind starts to click and the strategy is mastered, the plot thicken. This be that wool shit. I don't give a cotton picket. Fuck about a brother trying to size a nigga up. I hold my own. Hard hat protect the dome. Look at mama, baby boy, acting like he grown. 
No time for sleep, I get deep as the baritone Killer B that be holding down this honeycomb Lounging son, rule brother number one Protect your neck, flying guillotines, here they come Bloody bastards, hard times and killer tactics Spitting words, plus semi-automatic slurs Peep the graphic, novel from the genie bottle Hit the clutch, shift the gear now, full throttle Time to bungee, to the next episode I keeps it grungy, hand on my nutsack And spitting lungs, had a whack nigga that Don't understand the fact, when they come to rid the tracks I don't know how to act, real rap from the stack Killer Hill Projects, how to be exact Break it down, all in the gather now Things are getting good, looking better now